This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show with your hosts Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody live at Tavern on the Point located at 6724 North Northwest Highway in Chicago. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hurry, way downtown. Morell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. The trifecta, the top three stories of the day in no particular order. Today we're doing nothing but bears because, of course, I am alongside Mark Grody today, one of my favorite people in the world. What's up, Mark? Gabe, good to see you, man. And I was just... Before we started the show, I was complimented by a patron, a fan, for arriving right at 6.59. Yes, I did. And I can't believe I made it because it shouldn't take an hour and 15 minutes to go from Chicago to Chicago. Right. But traffic is alive. It's because when you say, like, you know, it's so Chicago to say I'll be there in 15 minutes. Right? That's what you do no matter where you're at. You're like, oh, I'll be there in 15 minutes. Exactly. You never put an hour in front of that. No. That's no. The, that's, but, but when you're coming to the northwest side, that's the thing sometimes. Because the northwest side is a little tricky. You know, the expressway is not necessarily everywhere you want to be. And so it's the, the streets, the lights, the stop signs, the the people picking up their kids after after school yeah. you know, to get in the way. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a ton of familiarity with this area. It's kind of a blind spot okay, okay. for the city. But I like, I love the area. I love where we are right now. I love that when I walked in, <laughs> you already had a bucket of beers in front of you. I can't believe none it's, of them are open. No, no, no. It's Miller Lite taking care of us here. So we got to make sure that, you know, we show love. And who knows? Maybe somebody could get one when they're walking by. Or if they come hang out with us today, of course, Absolutely. we're at Tavern on the Point uh, on the northwest side over on Northwest Highway. You guys make sure you come hang out. We're going to be here till 10. But like I said, man, we're going to start the show the way we always do. 
with the trifecta. Here's number three. The number of the day is three. Number three is Justin Fields. I know that's shocking, but actually, I want to hear something from Justin okay. Fields. And this has nothing to do with the injured left shoulder Thank God. of Justin Fields. <laughs> this has nothing to do with it. It's something that I was thinking about when watching the Atlanta Falcons, who seem to have a of the teams that have defended this version of Justin Fields, they seem to have been the most effective at it, even though Justin did get his. The yards started to add up for him. But w what was it, Justin Fields, that the Atlanta Falcons were doing. Yeah, they were just, with their DNs on the zone read, they were just mesh charge rather than, you know, letting me read their DNs and, you know, get around them. So um, that's kind of how they handled the uh, zone read game. And, you know, they were playing a lot of quarters just to have that, you know, safety come down and help uh, in the run game. And, uh, yeah, so that's the, you know, biggest thing they did. How did you feel about that, about that answer? Obviously, you wanted to know what it was. Well... The thing that's interesting to me about it was that, you know, using the defensive ends, as he essentially said, is that we knew that this would eventually happen, that teams would start to figure it out, so to speak. And it doesn't mean that you can't still run what you are running because Justin Fields is such a great athlete. It looks like he is a star when it comes to the usage of his legs. But teams were going to start to defend them well. And that was, even though we've all been understandably in a fuss over Justin Fields' shoulder, one of the things that I saw and noticed and said, okay, really take notice of Atlanta, a, not a great defensive team. At all. What they did schematically was interesting. Interesting and something worth looking at and something that Justin Fields obviously was able to, to note as well. So I'm just thinking about Justin Fields going forward, whether he plays or not this week, we still don't know. I tend to doubt it. I know that we'll talk about that. But, I mean, it's interesting to think that the next time he does play, and if it is the Jets, that's the best defense in the NFL, yeah. arguably. So I, I did a Monday morning reaction on the score, 3-5. to five, And so the news hadn't even came out yet about the shoulder and everything. And I was like, Justin should just not play Sunday. I'm like, the, the Jets had seven sacks against the Patriots. I'm like, you know, Justin's not feeling well. So let him, let him, let him rest a little bit. You know, who needs him to be there? But you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, with those design quarterback runs, it's one thing when you were implementing them against the New England Patriots and, and they were unexpected. It's another thing several weeks later where now there's a ton of tape on it and, and teams can adapt. You've already seen Aiden Hutchinson when the Bears faced the Lions, how he had adjusted. So, I mean, the tape's out there. This is what these guys coach, these guys do. So... That's why I think a lot of people were upset about the, the amount of times a design run has been called over the last couple of weeks, because then now there's no longer the element of surprise there. Now, now you're, 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 you're implementing it, so, or you're doing it so often, teams are anticipating it, so it's a little bit more easier to defend. Right, and you can still win and gain a lot of yards with designed runs, but to your point, probably not as many. Let's go to number two. Finally, we come to my number two man. His name? Number two. Trent Dilfer was, is a regular visitor to the Parkinson Spiegel show. He was on with those guys yesterday. And I think, I don't know, this might be a question worth throwing out there. 
if Justin Fields is the number one topic for the Bears in for many different reasons, what's number two? And I'll say that one of the ones that's coming pretty close these days is Chase Claypool. And Bears fans really wanting to, to see him get some more volume. And he, he simply has not been able to be a big part of the passing game. Three games for Chase Claypool in a Bears uniform, five catches, 32 yards. And here's what Trent Dilfer said about Chase Claypool. Yes. And I like Pringles, a blocker. One thing, you're not going to be able to attract anybody. You're going to have to draft them because you're not going to get a free agent when you're tilted this one direction run pass because they all want to go where they're going to get fed the rock and make Pro Bowls and get their incentives, as they should. You won't be able to sell the quarterback is going to be a great player because any agent and free agent is going to be like, no, the proof's in the pudding. You guys ran it 66% of the time. I ain't going there. I'm not, I didn't sign up to be a tight end, right? So you're going to have that issue. And, yeah, I think, you know, I don't know what you have in Claypool because you don't throw it enough. Right. And then the ones you're really trying to throw, like, and I don't blame him. I design every play for Mooney as well. I think the kid's special. I think he's the next McLaurin. You know what I mean? The kid at Washington that came out of nowhere has become one of the best players in the league. I think Mooney could be as good as anybody. Komet's awesome. Like we saw the one hand catch, by the way, that's the best catch of the year. I think it's better than the Jefferson catch because how he got hit in the hip and still held on to it. Not better than Jefferson, but equal to Jefferson's catch. So you have two really good players. Why not try to develop another one? The backs are good receivers. That's another thing. We're talking about throwing the ball. You can throw the ball to backs. Like, there's no rule against Bill Walsh. Did a pretty good job throwing the ball to Roger Craig 100 times a year. Like, you can get the ball out quick and throw the ball to the back. Like, there's a lot of things you can do in the passing game that basically are runs that protect a bad offensive line. So, again, I don't want to be the one that's just pouring on Getsy. I think he's really good. I think he's going to be phenomenal. But at some point, the head coach has to say, bro, Quit worrying about all these design runs. Go up there on a Monday and be like, I want to see triple the catalog in passing. I want to see it thrown twice as much in practice, and I want more than 30 throws in the game. And we'll deal with the rest. That's a lot from Chandova right there. It covered a lot, didn't it? That was a lot. I'm going to try to – I'm taking notes. I'm like, uh, damn, you, slow down, coach. I got to get here. Please. I got to be honest. I'm not sure if that was the cut that – this would have been my mistake. So, guys back there, it's, it's on me. I don't know if that was exactly the cut – that I wanted, but I think we there, there was a lot of interest that came out of that, and I think to tie it into Chase Claypool because I thought it was more Claypool centric. To tie it in, he's saying, "Hey, nobody's getting theirs yeah. right now. Nobody's getting theirs because these receivers are asked to do different things. If you're if you are running a running offense, even if it's like the old school '80s and '90s running back, you're going to build things differently, and the jobs of the wide receivers are going to be different. As in, get ready to block. Yeah, get ready to block a lot. That's why Equinemius St. Brown is always in the lineup and is one of the most important re receivers, <laughs> quote unquote." in that offense because of his ability to block. So so I think Dilfer is saying, hey, nobody's getting theirs in this offense. He's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez. We are here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Tavern on the Point on the northwest side of the city. You know, I, I, I know what you were talking about with Chase Claypool, though, because, you know, five receptions in his last two games, uh, six receptions in his, or excuse me, excuse me, five targets in his last two games, six targets in the first game, so 11 targets in total. When you're thinking about Chase Claypool, and I know Trent Dilfer touched on it, where he's like, you know, I can, the, the offense is easy. I can learn it. And he's like, let's get the, you, can, you, should, you can get the ball to Chase Claypool. It's just tough. It's tough because I think, because who do you feel like is the, 
I don't want to say to blame because they're still calling pass plays, right? But passes aren't necessarily the best. Mm -hmm. The receivers aren't necessarily making the most separation. You know, so who do you think that really lies on? Like, if you were to say, like, we know what the, the problem is, but who can we point to or what, what can we point to to say, but this is the reason why or this, is, this person's not doing their job? I think that you, you go back to two parts, the, the offensive line and Justin Fields, because it was because of that combination, whether Justin Fields or the offensive line not giving him enough time, it was that combination of personnel that made the Bears decide to completely change the offense. Find out who they were in the middle of the season. Yeah, that, and it was, it was a terrific adjustment because we have seen a side of Justin Fields that we had not seen. We've seen we saw last year some spectacular runs by Justin Fields, yeah. but not what he was doing on those, those blasts of, of touchdown runs. So, but the, the opportunity cost for that is that it's not a, this offense they're running now is not designed to throw. Yeah. There are throws in it. There is passing in it, and there's been some good passing in it. But this is this offense they are running is the Justin Fields running the football offense. And it's funny because I was talking to Ryan Porth earlier today. Arthur. You know, he's a he's a t- Titans fan, and you know we were talking about how teams kind of figure it out in the middle of the season. They find their identity, and then they try to implement it and do it the best of, to their ability. So the Bears did that, but it's just they don't have the skill players to make it the best they could possibly be. It's just the best of what they have. You see the Titans are doing that. You see teams like the Cincinnati Bengals are doing that, finding out who they are. But, again, it's just tough, even though you can adjust your game plan. So the question then is, do you adjust it again? Or do you stick with that game plan that you have and that philosophy you have for the rest of the season? Mm, Well, I think the next adjustment, do you count making the the passing game a big part of it? I mean, that's... I think that's the obvious adjustment, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Of course, of course. I mean, I don't think they should just stick with this offense. And they're obviously going to have to adjust based on what, as we were talking about earlier, what defensive coordinators start to do to Justin Fields. So, no, of course. I mean, Bears fans should expect Justin Fields to get better at passing because we know he can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we want to see it. We, we have seen him do it at a high level, albeit in college. We know he can be a consistently good passer. So if you do add that part, then it, duh, this, this is an unstoppable quarterback. Let's go to number one. He was number one. Well, you know what? This, this fits right in with the, the theme of the show and Justin Fields and in particular can, maybe this will answer your question a little bit better right there at the end as far as will they adjust again. Tom Thayer was on the Molly and Haw show and was asked about the idea of sustainability of Justin Fields running the football. No, it's, it's not sustainable. And listen, I've talked to you guys for the last three or four weeks and I'm against the the amount of running uh that justin is doing because i you know you got an indic you have to get an indication during the week of practice are are you seeing the structure of the offense the way we're calling the play in a practice type tempo that you're making the right decisions because you can still go out and whether it's looking at the tape of the game last week and see how many throws that you should have made that you didn't make that were obvious open receivers to the play you called in the huddle and then you know the same things happen today there are you know a couple times where Justin should have thrown the ball to the receiver the design of the play he doesn't throw the ball 
for uh, some unknown reason, then he, he tucks the ball and run. Hey, he is, everybody knows that he is a dynamic athlete, and there's no doubt about it. However, if we're talk, if we're sitting there doing this interview in 10 years from now, we're talking about the development of the quarterback position, and we're talking about Justin, it's because he's understanding um, the, the structure of the offense, how it fits in according to the um, – the coverage that he's seen during the cadence, and then he throws the ball accordingly. Yeah, I mean, it's a bold statement to say that you're just opposed to the amount of runs, right? Because it's what got us excited about Justin Fields to begin with. The, the, the design runs, the, you know, taking away the, some of the play actions and the bootlegs and allowing him to just get out there and be the athlete that he is. But he's making some good points. Yeah, I mean, and it's changed everything. The, the running for sure but I think you know Tom to some degree is is stating the obvious I mean it should be in the back or somewhere in everybody's heads associated with the Bears that hey that's that's pretty awesome you got this guy running it's pretty spectacular but yeah it, it'd be pretty awesome too to see this guy going down the field in 50 seconds at the end of a game with yeah. throwing the football it does it's a big big pressure put on him all right that is your trifecta for today three that's right. Three stories. So we are here at Tavern on the Point for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. Going to be here till 10 o'clock. Got a lot of giveaways. Giving away some Bears tickets. Yeah. We also get giving away an on-field Bears opportunity. Nice. We got some, uh, some good staff here taking care of us. Of course, my girl MP. Where's MP at? I know she's out there handling the business. And, uh, you know some other things we got to take care of. So we're, we're on the other side of this, Grody, I have, a, I have a question for you. And, you know, the Bears, right now, they're defined as an offensive team, right? Crazy, more so, more so than the defense. You stunned me with that I know, line. trust me. The, wait, wait, say that as again? I thought about this question, trust <laughs> yeah. me, it was, it was equally as stunning writing yeah, it. Yeah, what? But the question I have for you is, will they reclaim their identity as a defensive team in 2023? Mark Grody will discuss that on the other side. We'll also take your answers as well if you want to text in 312-644-6767. It's the Miller Light Top Draft Show here at Tavern on the Point. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. We'll be back after this. We're back with more of the Scores Miller Light Top Draft Show with Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody live at Tavern on the Point, 6724 North Northwest Highway in Chicago. Brought to you by Miller Light. It's Miller time. We are broadcasting live all the way to 10 o'clock. Mark, how do you feel about Kanye's intro music right now? Sounds good to me. I know. <laughs> I'm surprised. You know, sometimes you never know. It's like I know the songs, and then I wonder if like people know the yeah. song, and then I people feel a certain type. Of I, I actually don't know that song, but I it sounds good to me, man. It's Came it, it hit my ear just right. Old Kanye, you know? yeah, old, old Kanye. Kanye, not the Kanye that I once met at the United Center. I really? was there covering a Bulls game, or I, what was? I, yeah, it was, I was covering a Bulls game, and uh, yeah, good Kanye was there, and I was there with my buddy Dan Levy, who was also covering for somebody. Of course. And uh, <laughs> Levy's got, Levy's got this big voice, really deep, strong <laughs> voice, and <laughs> Kanye's just standing there, and it's he and I, and Dan just goes, "Hey, what's going on, Kanye?" And he just looks at both of us and goes, "Hey, what's happening, fellas?" 
It was like, what's happening, fellas? What's happening, fellas? Just like that. Just like that. I've, I've, I'm, all my years in radio, I've never like had a conversation with Kanye West. I thought really. I know it's that, that doesn't seem odd. That's why I'm mini jealous of you right now. Well, you've done that. Well, there's that, and uh, I occasionally run into Chance the Rapper. No joke. He lives three blocks from me. You know where he lives, right? You, uh, don't name drop and try to house drop on me. <laughs> you know where he, you know where he lives, no, right? Don't I'm, you? I'm walking. Well, I don't want to give away. No, don't. That's all. And so shout um, out Chance the Rapper. I always yeah. used to make make jokes on the radio as well that. I'd beat him in like a footwork competition, you know, like the Chicago dancing, like footwork. No, oh, okay, okay. It was a joke, a joke. But again, never, never got to that point. But either way, true Chicagoans here in the building. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Brody, talking about some other Chicagoans. Uh, but we get an opportunity to talk about our favorite team right now, our Chicago Bears. And I asked a question before the break. I said the Bears right now are defined as an offensive team. The defense is, and that's because of the defense just happens to be so bad. It's just not because of their, their dedication to the offense. But the question I have for you is, in 2023, next year, Bears have a ton of money in, that they can spend in free agency. Obviously, they have draft capital. Will they reclaim their identity as a defensive team in 2023? Mm, I don't need that. I need, what I need first and foremost is to know that the Bears have their quarterback of the future, that they have their franchise Don't we know that already? quarterback. Don't we know that already? Well, I, are I you think still, it, are you still one or are you, have you been looking at mock drafts and seeing who's available at number three? No, I just think you got to put a lot of stuff around him still. We, we've talked about it. I mean, you still got to put offensive line around him. You've got to give him wide receivers. You've, you've got to protect this guy in so many different ways that I think it's important to start with that and making sure that you have a that the identity remains offense and so Nan, I, not, I, I don't need like of course it would be great if the bears were the buffalo bills where you could say you have elite on both sides that, that'd be terrific but at this point if i had to choose that where the heavy resources are where, where you are fixing it to make it good for the next 10 years or whatever the window is, I would choose the offense and settle for middle-of-the-road defense. That's interesting to say because you would think that if a quarterback is that good, then he can then operate a mid-level to exceptional offense and not necessarily need to have the best offensive line and the best wide receivers. And Because that, if that's the case, then you could put a mediocre. You should be able to put a, 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 a game-managing quarterback like a Ryan Tannehill right. at that position in order to, to excel at that level. I guess I'm just curious because you know it's more of a question about what direction are the, are the Bears going to be going in with this money and well, with this draft capital. Right, or if, the, or if Justin Fields was a finished product, too. Because the example it, you were just giving, yeah. talking about, yes, of course, superstar quarterbacks make everybody better. He's not there yet. Right. Right. He's not there yet, and part of it is, as we were talking about early, is, and I don't know how much of it is, the support around him. It may be more of that than it is Justin Fields. Now, when you say support around him, are you talking about the coaching? No, I'm talking about, about the players. The I'm talking about the personnel. talent around him. Yep, from offensive line to receivers. Yeah, and then you're looking at those guys, and you're saying to yourself, like, I don't know, I, as a delusional Bears fan, I look at a guy like David Montgomery, and I look at a guy like Khalil Harbour, and I say, okay, well, that's good. And then I look at the receivers and I say, okay, well, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, like, they're good and serviceable. And like we mentioned, Equinemius in, in certain roles is good. Pringle. Pringle, who obviously you wish you saw a little bit more from. 
So then I guess for me, I look at the offensive line, and that's what everybody keeps talking about, right? Like, like next-gen stats says the Bears are 32nd in the league and, and pressure on true pass plays, not screens, not, not bootlegs, not true mm-hmm. pass plays at 65%. That's crazy, 65% to think that, that much of the time you're, you're under pressure. But it's like you knew what you had going into the season, so like, why are we so shocked about this offensive line and, and, and not, not, not shocked it. about it, but you just have to circle it and say, okay, well, we did accept that for this year, cannot accept that for next year. Because to some degree, I think some of our questions have been answered. Is, is Justin Fields given a fair playing field when the talent around him, remember we asked this question before the season started, because the talent around him is mediocre. Right. And I think that that's been answered. The Bears have abandoned they abandoned their passing game, essentially, what they were doing. And I'm being dramatic. I mean, they haven't completely abandoned it. But you know what I'm saying. They, they scrapped what they had planned to do with Justin Fields, based, probably based on the fact that he was going to get killed back there, Yeah. that, that he wasn't going to have enough time, that maybe he doesn't see the entire field well enough yet, that, th- that it's impossible to develop this guy under those circumstances. Yeah, I was listening to Dan Weeder earlier today with Parkinson Spiegel, and he was talking about, you know, everybody has their complaint about the last drive of the game. And he's like, well, Luke Getze was under the assumption that it would be an eight, nine play drive. And maybe, you know, he would have thrown the ball, you know, within that time frame. But my complaint still exists about the first two plays, because you can, you can, all right, let's eliminate the fact that it, the second one wasn't a design run. Right, Fine. right, right. Right. It was still a run. 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 <laughs> it was a draw play. Like, yes. like you're not making me. You're not making me feel better. Yes. Because then Danny Parkins is like, oh well, that makes me feel a little bit better. My anger wasn't necessary. No, mine was there wholeheartedly. Why? Because this is the offense that the Bears have. This is that offense. So, yeah. so, and, and the fact that we all want at least something a little different. It's like I said it a ton, a ton leading up to the game. Obviously. Their D-line looked good against the Bears, but they were 31st in sacks, 32nd in passing yards allowed. And I just felt like there should have been more opportunities there for Justin Fields to do that. So, so yeah, I'm still mad on the last drive. <laughs> Even I don't care about the second play. It's still two runs, two of them. Yeah, hey, man, the game. you live by that, the way they have set up their offense, the way they, the, what they practice every single day, you die by it, too. You know, you can't, you don't have that, those plays in your back pocket right now. They're yeah. there, but... This is what they have practiced. This is what they have game planned for. It would be going way outside of the box at that point to say, all right, we're going to just throw, throw, throw the ball down the field. I wanted to see that too. Yeah. And I totally get your anger. But that's, again, that goes back to the opportunity cost. This is the deal they made with themselves right. that when they changed the offense, that guess what? We're not going to put so much focus on using the pass to get the ball down the field. So in the end, the Bears died for it. But yes, for those who were outraged in sense that Luke Getze would call a another quarterback, design quarterback run by Justin Fields on second play, you must you must ask for forgiveness from Luke Getze. I guess myself included, because that was not the play call. He, he did not uh, put right. him his quarterback in danger after word had been very obvious that there was a left shoulder. It's injury. funny because the PR nightmare was like everybody's like, wait, no, 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 no. No, no, no. That was no, 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 no. Let's get ahead of this right now. You gotta do some uh, publicity. No, that was really smart. And and Getsy will speak tomorrow, by the way, from Hallis Hall. So will 
a quarterback. Yeah. Which quarterback will be speaking tomorrow? Ooh. We are not sure because I don't think that the, the gamesmanship doesn't go so far as to put Justin Fields up there, even if he's not going to play. We should find out tomorrow if, who the quarterback is going to be for the Bears. It would be really dramatic if Justin Fields walked up to that lectern. He, they don't want him answering those kinds of questions. No, but I know, but that, but that would mean that he might play. Yeah. That, you know, because they have... Mark Grody, there's no way that they should... That, no. No, there's no way he's no, going to play on something. No, just take a breather. Even yeah. if it's something like the shoulder thing is not as like it's best case scenario of, a, of an injury. Right. Even if it's that, he's got... This is the second time he's hurt his left shoulder... Two weeks in a row, he was ha- talking about the legs. He was tired from the Detroit game, tired legs, heavy legs, whatever. Right. And then he was getting stretched out about the entire game due to cramping throughout. So it seems like a was, really good week to give Justin Fields a breather, and hopefully that's it, and yeah. they put him back in. He was there with his massage gun on the sideline. Yeah. And you're like, damn, booty's all in the air. Like, <laughs> Dude, come on, chill out. Still got his tablet. Right. You know, The frustrating thing for me, Groats, is that you know, there have been games where Lou Getze has started off calling pass plays. You know, I just looked up the, you know, the first drive of the game versus the Miami Dolphins. First play of the game, seven-yard pass to Cole Komet. Second play of the game, pass down the middle for 12 yards to Dante Pettis. Third play of the game, pass to Chase Claypool. It's like, he, it, he's capable of it. We, we see it. And then, but, you know, you take it away from us. Yeah. You know, you take it away. And then you make these wonderful halftime adjustments. And I'm sure there's an answer. I'm sure there's, but unfortunately, Luke Getz, not sitting in front of me where I can ask him these questions, and I have to then answer them in my brain, which is dangerous. (laughs) How about quality over quantity, maybe, right now, that there are some plays that Justin Fields is completely comfortable with, that they're using, and I'm with you, man. The, the, that pass to David Montgomery down the sideline. The, oh. the be- you know the pass I'm talking yes. about because there wasn't two of them to David Montgomery. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't many completions. No, no, no. So the David Montgomery catch is he, you know, rolled right. He's directing traffic in front of him. That was maybe one of my favorite Justin Fields plays of his career just because he knew what he wanted to do. Yeah. And he was working David Montgomery open. And then on that same drive, another nice... 10-yard pass to Equinemia St. Brown that eventually leads to the to the David Montgomery running touchdown. So they're building, I mean, they want to see Justin Fields pass more too. Unfortunately, I think sometimes, and this is the part that they can't tell us or won't tell us, or maybe it's my job to find out, right. is that they know what Justin Fields is capable of right now and what he's not capable of right now. Do they also know how much more he can grow or is that still up in the air because if they understand his shortcomings but they also understand his 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 his, his traits that that obviously are allowing him to excel in the nfl do you think they have a good grasp of where he can go or, or is that still oh, up yeah. in the air i do no i think that i think it's in their heads that they would you know, luke getsy would love Justin Fields to throw, 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 throw. Okay, but this is what I'm saying, though. Okay, what, on a scale from 1 to 10, what's the highest you think Justin Fields can be? Not right now. Not what he is right now. But what's the highest you think he can be? Well, I guess like a scale of 1 to 10. 1 to 10. Uh, 10, like being, elite like, 10 being an elite. Absolutely. Do you think the highest he can go is like a 9.2, 9.7? I think he's between 8 and 10. I mean, No, no, no. you got to be more specific. Because my, my follow-up question is, is, is then equally, is equally oh, important. Oh, man. Okay, I'll be dramatic. 10. 10. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it. So then he's got all the skills. Right. Man. And then yeah. so then the, the follow up to that is 
where is he at right now? Oh man. Okay. Um, because that's the growth that I'm that I'm looking at, Grody. When I'm when I'm trying to look at Justin Fields and I'm trying to see, I know where he can be too. But damn, how much longer? Like, how long does he have to go to get there? And what should I be placing these nine expectations on him when he's really only in seven point five right now? I would have been way more worried about that kind of thing if we hadn't seen what we've seen recently with Justin right. Fields. And, okay. and I'm not just talking about the running, but some of the the gorgeous passes that he has made, some of which we just spoke about. So. I think that he can get there. Where are you on that scale? I know. I, I think I think you're right. He's shown us some flashes of greatness, and I also think he could be a ten. Okay, right? can be because if you could just figure out the throwing thing and put the two together, right. you're already breaking records with your legs. Like you can be a ten. Yeah. It's like where are you at right now? Damn, I got to be honest. Like there's some bad moments from Justin Fields too, right? Like we we can we give him you know what I'm saying a lot of credit, but there's some moments when you're like, dude. Come on. And so I think the average is out to me. He's somewhere like in the in the lower sevens, like seven oh, okay. two, seven two. Oh, that's strong, seven though. One, that's, seven that's, two. that's really strong. Yeah. So. And then I just want him to be like an eight and a half. Yeah. where I would love for him to live, like live in that space uh -huh. and then have occasional games of 10. But I need you to, you know, be at that eight and a half would be great for me. Okay. No, I mean, that's your – I. I don't know if I would have him right now as high as you do, like a 7.2, so you got just a, 6.5 you got maybe. I mean, come okay. on, man. I, I mean, like this. Yeah. I this mean, is good because it allows texters to chime in, just too. Just because he's an incomplete product at this point. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's all there. Like, And that 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 goes along with the whole Luke Getze thing, too, and all the, the, the championing him for him for other jobs and all that. He's only completed half. He, he's completed half a quarterback. Yeah. And this half is wonderful. And that's the, that's it's great. That's it's, the, it might be his good side. That's the funniest part about it. It's like, it, even, it, to use your example of a six and a half, even at a, a six and a half Justin right now in 2022, a six and a half has got people that excited. Yeah, but the <laughs> six and a half is pretty good, I think. Yeah. Like, and with NFL quarterbacks, and especially in this town, okay. a six and a half? All yeah, right. I mean, that's well, nice. Well, on the other side, Groats, I got a, another question for you, and it has to do with your six and a half quarterback ranking. Okay, half right. a dozen, one the other. Yeah, and then it, it, we'll find out because the question I have for you has these are the answers: zero, one, and three. Zero, one, and three. What the question is, I'll tell you on the other side. But it has to do with Justin Fields. All okay. right, it's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here at Tavern on the Point uh, for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. We'll be back after this on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy to score. We're back with more of the Scores Miller Lite Top Draft Show with Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody live at Tavern on the Point, 6724 North Northwest Highway in Chicago. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. That's right, Gabe and Grody broadcasting live till 10 o'clock. Make sure you guys come hang out with us. If you want to get yourselves a Miller Lite, just come up to the booth and then I know a guy. Jake. <laughs> His name is Jake. <laughs> Jake's a guy. Who I actually can, know a guy. Yeah, that can, can get you a <laughs> bring you some sliders like that, yeah. man. I got the fillet sliders. I've oh. been here before. I've done a couple of uh, Miller Lite brewing views for the Chicago Bears here, and we've been upstairs on the terrace. Beautiful out. Yeah, I always have good people here. I brought my parents here. Nice. My nephew looks good. And so I, I had a heads up on the Caesar on the salad here. going on. You know what? I'm really proud of myself right now for not getting any fries. Is that oh, okay? So that was in lieu of I was, the French it, fries. It took a lot. It took a lot because I really love French fries. I am not in a state of discipline right now. I've got to get there again someday. But it's right now, I'll, I'll be ordering some not. I'm going to get the fries. 
when you with, order your to go? Yeah, what are you gonna get? get yeah. the sliders? You gonna get these sliders? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> the, the sliders look really good, but they'll How can be. You not eat? When's the last time you ate, man? What's going on here? <laughs> Tell them why you're not gonna eat till ten o'clock at night. It's, it's seven. Here. I, I, I'm very. And you drove I, for an hour and a half to get here. Good God, man! I just don't like to eat while broadcasting because it kind of like brings, slows me down. Now I can't be slowed down. Okay? Now you're making me feel bad. Yeah, no, no, you'll be fine. You'll, I, I've seen you eat before, and your okay. energy stays high. All right. I don't know if I could turn the same <laughs> it's trick. The Diet so. Coke. Plus, I like the, I like the whole like after you finish work. Yeah. Get the food. Yeah. Take it, like it's sort of my own little ceremony, sitting in front you. of the TV with the delicious food. So honestly, that's really what it is. I'm actually hungry right now, but I, I, I'm waiting so I can have my food ceremony. Oh, I can't. I can't wait to get back to this food. But in the meantime, yeah. I get it. I get to um, give you the answers to the question. Okay. It's like a test. It's like you know. You yeah, can, I got paper see. and pencil. And the here, answers man. to the question making me nervous are zero, one, and three. Okay. Okay, zero, one, and three. Zero, one, and three. And the question that I have for you and just anybody that's listening is, Uh-oh. how many weeks should Justin Fields be taking off? Mm. How right? many weeks should he be? Should he be. Right, because <laughs> if he takes off one, it, it'll, be, it'll be zero, he'll be playing this Sunday. If he takes off one, he'll get this Sunday off. And if it's three, it's because he's then getting the next two weeks off plus the bye week. Right, so that's mm. why two isn't an answer. Wow. So zero, okay. one, and three. One, one is I stand by that. Now, so you want to play it against the Packers? When he, when well, this is kind of hard to answer, not knowing what the injury is. Like, no, where, no, where just, are you setting no, the bar we're, we're, here, we're, man? We're, okay, take off your your you know Bears media guy hat. Okay. And now just right. you know have a have a conversation with your guy. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, no, he's been just staring at my media Bears hat all night. So okay, <laughs> it's off now. Okay. I like it. Okay, I'm just a fan now. Yeah, Gabe. Chicago. You're a Chicago <laughs> guy. How many how many weeks you want to see oh. Justin Fields off? <laughs> okay, where's the bar set here? Because I. Uh, are we playing like he's got an injury or he doesn't? We're playing like the Mark Grody. You're acting like you never had a beer with some guys and you're talking about the quarterback and the guy's asking you, how many weeks do you want him to take off? It's just just you. Well, it's how you feel. Okay. Right it, now, in this moment, Bears 3 one, and 8. Justin Fields. One week. So you want him back for, for the first game? Yes, I want him back for the Packers game. Yes. Why do you feel like you, you wouldn't want to set him off for the three? Let's eliminate the answers, right? So they were it, were, it was 0, 1, and 3. So you don't want it to be 0 because you definitely don't want him playing this week. Correct. Correct. So that's my one. Like, I would sit him this week. And is it because the, the Jets' defense is that good or because you just want him to be able to sit out and rest the body? Rest the body. Honestly, like, the, the Jets, I'd love, to, I'd love him to face the Jets' defense. Get a victory. Love him to face that just to see what he can do. You know, I mean, like, it's, it's all about checking boxes this year. I would have loved to have seen Justin Fields. So, no, it's completely because of the, the legs and the shoulder. And then, so, so then the question then is, if we're eliminating the other answers, so why not the three? Why not just let him sit out then both of those games and allow him to get the bye week to have three weeks extended? Because I don't think he's need, he needs it. Okay. I don't think he's going to need that. Like, if he right, – let's just say I, I'm going to set a base here mm. a little bit, okay? Right. Even though we're just two fans talking yeah. right now. I'm going to set a base and say he just had a sore sh- – didn't separate anything. Nothing's dislocated. His shoulder's just hurting. And, and keeping in mind that his shoulder was also hurting, left shoulder was hurting after the the Washington game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set the bar right there that it's that it's a bruise maybe let's just say that and that his he doesn't feel good. It, it doesn't feel good. And his <laughs> legs were truly like they were being uh, serious and earnest and saying that it was just leg cramping because I did ask is that all it was? They said yes, that's all it was. I think that an athlete of his age, I think one game's fine for, for that. 
Right. For that? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. because we can't like the, the, we don't have the luxury. He doesn't have the luxury of time. You know what I mean? Like he's got to still com- he's still got developing to do this year. He needs every single game still. This is not a finished product. So the idea of I'll give give him a few games off. Like no. Like time is a wasting. Yeah, because you I, I understand that point because you do want to see Justin Fields play and continue to develop. I actually, my answer is three. It is three for me. And, okay. and, and, but you make a great point because, you know, when you're 20 and you get a cut on your arm, it heals in three days. When you get a cut and you're 35, 40, yeah. it takes like two weeks. Well, right. So we're not thinking back to, you know, a guy at that age and that, you know, that, and that, and his physical, like, you know, mold that he can then bounce back in a short period of time and might not need that. But I guess for me it was more about, you know, sometimes growth, you know, I don't know if you play chess or watch chess, but, you know, you watch a game from the outside, you're watching two people play, and you get a different perspective on it. And so for me, when I look at Justin Fields, I'm like, you know what, dude? Chill out. Sit on the sidelines with your little headphones. You know, see the game plan, see how it's being played out. And then after the bye week, now you've had, you know, a couple weeks to prepare for the next opponent. you got a tough stretch with the Eagles and the Bills coming, you know, having to face them. And then you feel good about yourself because now you're anxious to get back out there and really do your thing. No? I don't think that's a bad theory at all. But maybe I just look at it more as the old every game is precious, like especially yeah. in the NFL. Like I think that those are, if if you do conserve him, is I think essentially what you're saying is just just make sure he's okay. Like yeah. give him just this is his break. This is his vacation time. Yes. During the season. That's a great way to. He's getting. He's using his time. Right. This is he's using his. His Thanksgiving break, and <laughs> and that. he's able to, to heal. To you look at it that way, and that's not hor- that's not a horrible idea. But I look at it as he's still got a lot of work to do. And this man, let's let's get it all out this year. Yeah, all the kit. He got out a bunch of kinks in the first five games. Now now he's showing something brilliant with his legs and some of his throws. What is the, what are the final five or six games of the season? I don't want him to get cheated out of those games. I understand that. And then especially, you know, you get an important game for the Chicago fan base against the Packers. I know they don't care. But in his mind, you know, the atmosphere kind of playing yes. against Rodgers, that always does something for you. Smother them, yeah. <sighs> Put a foot on their throat. You know, you know what I'm worried about, Groats? That it's still the same game plan. So you're throwing adjusted fields back in there against the Packers. And you're still running the, uh, you know, running the t- ten design runs, or Justin Fields is is running and scrambling 18 times a game. It scares me. But there could also be the, could we start to see the readjust again from the Bears' offense to yeah, where we were talking about that earlier? Yeah, to where you're not necessarily, you know, flinging it down the field on every play, but you're again using a lot more of the running backs out of the back you know Khalil Herbert obviously down but a lot more usage out of David Montgomery we've seen the chemistry building with Cole Komet he could be your best friend on some of those short passes yeah. as well so they could set up a really safe game plan like well like keep an eye on the game plan for Trevor Simeon this week because why couldn't they like if he's not if Justin Fields is not 100% or whatever right and you really want to see him throw the football more, maybe that's a good baseline to yeah. begin with. What's one thing you think Trevor Simeon could do better than Justin Fields? I mean, he's probably going to have a, a better awareness and pocket presence at this point. Because he has no escapability. Uh, yeah, so yeah. By, by nature, he I, has to be a better... <laughs> no, yeah, like he, no, he, he knows what's going on back there, and he, he knows like he when to eject and all of that, and you know, you're probably just going to see a higher frequency of accurate passing. So 
I, I think probably the best thing though for him is that just you'll see a different awareness in the pocket. I think. Huh. Yeah. What do you think? I can't wait to see it. I gotta be honest. I, yeah. I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of underdogs. I'm, I'm a Chicago fan. And like when the backup comes in, oh. you're like, oh, wait till this guy comes in. He's gonna throw for yeah, 280. But, and, but this know. but this is the first time in a long time where the the guy that is in office. Uh, you you were rooting yeah, for. Yeah, right. So this you're is the right. first time we're like, nah, I don't really want to get down to, but, but to, to your, Nate Peterman to necessarily. Point, no, you don't want yeah. to do that. But to your point, you, it would be it is nice to see. It would be nice to see a little bit, so, a little something different from this offense. Just a little something different. Yeah, and I so think that, that way and, you can build off. And of that, that goes with, full with circle Justin. to what we're talking about. And me wanting to see him in as many games as possible because I yeah. think that you could see that development by the end of the season to where there is a better mix of run and pass from Justin Fields. All right, we're going to continue our Bears conversation. Of course, we're here at Tavern on the Point for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Uh, We're going to be here till 10 o'clock, so a bunch more to discuss when when we're talking about your Chicago Bears. But we do get an opportunity to talk some hoops after this. Sam Smith, the famed, uh, will be joining us on the other side, and I get a chance to talk to him about the success last night. Uh, against the Boston Celtics and wondering if a game like that is is something that we should expect from the Chicago Bulls. We'll talk to Sam Smith on the other side. It's Gabe and Grody here at the Middle Light Top Draft Show on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 